0: Episode thirty-seven of the British Wrestling Experience on PostWrestling.com. I'm your host, Martin Bushby, and joining me is Richard Benson, aka Benno. Um, also Jamesy, and after a few weeks of real life stuff getting in the way, we're all back together. I mean, Benno, it sort of feels like ages since I last spoke to you. Tons has happened. Liverpool won the Champions League final. Trump came over to the UK and pissed everyone off and um and I'm about to head up, head over to Download Festival and uh, joined all the other pissed up goths. How's <laughs> how's life been treating you lately? <laughs> Look,
1: when I called them pissed up guts on Twitter, I, I wasn't talking about you, Martin. And I, it just, it's just—it's in the <laughs> in the most. Liverpool sense of the words. Basically, when I was a teenager, anybody who dressed in black or wore a hoodie or had baggy jeans on, you were a goth. Uh, <laughs> so that's, I'm, I'm just carrying that tradition on. But yeah, that's the of those three things you mentioned there. That's the only one that makes me happy. I mean, we have a great time at downloads. But <laughs> as far as it goes for, uh, for Trump and Liverpool, yeah, the, the less said about that, the better.
0: It was uh, Sweaty's where I'm from in Yorkshire. If you uh, wore baggy jeans and listened to sort of rock music, you got called a Sweaty. I don't know if if, uh, you had any special names over there in Ireland, Jamesy.
2: (laughs) No, probably just, um, I suppose, Goths. And then there was always the kind of, just the more, just metalheads, really the guys who kind of, were always kind of looping around and long hair air and baggy black tops and that kind of thing listening to the smashing pumpkins and that kind of thing they were the kind of guys on the the, the edge of the social out the social outcast i suppose you'd call them really
0: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> i remember it well remember those days well seem like uh such a long time ago but um uh, i suppose yeah. moving on from that and um there's been quite a big news story drop since uh we last uh we all last got together, and uh, NXT UK are going to be running their second TakeOver event at the Motorpoint Arena in Cardiff on the 31st of August. Uh, same day as a Royal Quest event, New Japan show in London. Um, I mean, Ben, uh, what were your initial thoughts when uh, when this announcement was made on the uh, NXT TakeOver special?
1: <laughs> Typical was kind of
0: my initial <laughs> response. Uh, yeah, I mean,
1: they've announced this. It's going to be... Same day as All In, like you say, and the same day as uh, Wales versus Ireland rugby, uh, which is probably not good planning to run a show in Cardiff that day. And yeah, uh, the hotels aren't cheap from the, the people I've spoken to, so it makes it hard for, uh, for people traveling in point of view. But yeah, I mean, it's probably to be expected at this point. And I know Triple H has gone on record as saying, "Oh, it was a it was a coincidence. We we've had this plan since before WrestleMania." Well, Real Quest was announced in January, so pull the other one. But um, it's quite clear what they're trying to do. Uh, obviously, it was uh, reported, not quite confirmed, that uh, possibly WWE had a a mole in New Japan's uh, ticket office. Uh, New Japan's uh, Twitter, English Twitter, have been making fun of that quite a bit. Um, because the story story allegedly was that WWE had a ticket mall and were told that only 2,000-odd tickets had been sold by New Japan, so they jumped on the date. Again, I'm not reporting that. I'm just saying that was uh, rumoured and it's out there if you look at the right places. Uh, I could believe it, though, uh, because it is a weird decision. WWE running now head-to-head with the most lukewarm TV product going, NXT UK, against a New Japan Royal Quest show that's at time of talking sold, what, 6,000 seats? It's not a wise. If it is something that was planned out, it it wasn't a very good plan. Yeah, so that was kind of my uh, my first initial take of that.
0: Well, I mean, um, from the looks of it, looking on um, on some of the Ticketmaster sites, um, I don't know if they've opened up the full arena, but it seems uh, surprising to me, and I'm, I'm sure a lot of other people, that uh, tickets sign pretty well for that, especially like you noted, they're going up against that Wales Island Ireland uh, rugby game, which is obviously at the Millennium Stadium, which is. Quite weird in Cardiff, because obviously the stadium's banging the city centre, so like you know, there, Mm. Benno, hotels are going to be really expensive and stuff. But, um, I mean, Triple H can say all he wants there, Jamesy, but there's no way that wasn't uh, just, you know, them trying to run a show against New Japan, really, was it?
2: Ah, like, it has to be. I mean, and if it was any other company in the world, you'd give them the benefit of the doubt, you know, and you'd say there was probably, you know, there was some chance that it was genuine, but... When when, when the whole endeavour is a cynical enterprise, you know, when NXT UK was set up for disingenuous reasons, like we're told it was set up to benefit the British scene, that they're going to help wrestlers, that they're going to make the British scene better. Um, when in fact, anybody who's realistic about it knows it was done as a reaction to a move that somebody else made. When they saw world of sport being set up, it was a reactionary thing where they wanted to suppress that as much as they could. And it feels like every time they make a big decision, it feels like they only make big decisions in reaction to somebody else. So, I mean, the the logical conclusion is that this is exactly the same thing that they saw a big show running on the same day and decided that they wanted to limit that in some way. Um, And, you know, to to be honest, they've, They've just made a rod for their own back, really, because you know, as you said, like, is it four thousand tickets or more have been sold already? So they put it on in a day when when the town is busy already because of a match. Hotel prices are high, um, so they've they've kind of shot themselves in the foot, really, you know. And as I said, like, and it's it's a kind of it's it's getting to the point with this NXT UK thing where, like, I, it would be rare for me to, to wish that a company would do badly. You know, but there's there's a part of me, honestly, at this stage, really kind of wants this to fail. I, I would take a certain amount of pleasure if if <laughs> there was a poor crowd for the show, um, purely because you know the, the, it's it, the whole thing is just such a cynical exercise anyway. You know, so it's it's a kind of thing. Well, why should I wish this thing well when um, it's not been done for good reasons? It's not been done for the good of wrestling. It's not been done to genuinely put on a good show for people. It's being done to, um limit somebody else and that's Mm -hmm. that's you know it's it's not it's not good business i don't think and it's not something that i want to support you know
0: yes i mean even if you track the timeline every announcement they make has been in reaction to something like you know today you know every time world of sports seems to be gearing up again then the next to uk make another announcement So yeah, um, there's certainly something in that. But I mean, on the network, uh, we're still watching the tapings that happened in Glasgow a few months ago, and uh, the big news from last week's show was that Travis Banks uh, won a a pretty decent four-way match for a shot at Walter's title, and in between now and the TakeOver in Cardiff, we have a set of tapings at Download Festival this weekend, and then some TV tapings in Plymouth in July. So a lot of... TV between now and Cardiff Uh, I mean what can you see being some of the main matches for this show Benno surely not going to hold off on the Banks title shot against Walter until then are they
1: um i mean that's my inkling that they will but it's obviously not very well planned out like like we said at the top of the show they're going to be in front of a bunch of gods in a tent and you martin um, and your very <laughs> lovely wife <laughs> <laughs> and i don't think it's the ideal place to to no, build to no. a takeover. it's obviously it's not the go home that was my mistake i thought it was and it's not there's it obviously the uh, the tapings afterwards but yeah it's not really i just don't think it's been thought out i do i really do think that's where they're going um, and it is going to be that match, but you're right. How do you keep it l- not even hot, lukewarm is probably the word for next to UK. <laughs> How do you keep it lukewarm through these download tapings and then the Plymouth tapings? Uh, I don't see that as a big match myself, especially having seen it else, haven't seen it elsewhere and seen those guys elsewhere. I do think if they are going to pull the trigger on uh, Adam Cole and Pete Dunne, that's just personal speculation, but having. Haven't seen Pete done on Twitter kind of tease it uh, and Adam Cole being over. Is he over for download, Martin? Is he, is he doing. Yeah, it's that? weird
0: because they've got like Adam Cole, Kyle O'Reilly, Matt Riddle, and a bunch of other like NXT proper names over for download. So yeah. I don't know if they're going to be doing some dark matches or what, but there's no way them guys are losing to any of the NXT UK guys, is it?
1: No, you wouldn't think so. Um, so that's a weird kind of thing. But yeah, I think for me, that's got to be the way to go. I mean, they're going to be fighting for attention on this on this day that, like I say, includes Royal Quest, includes All In, which is going to swallow up the news cycle for that day. Um, so they're going to need something to stand out from the crowd. And yeah, the only thing I think they can do is use some of that NXT talent. And Adam Cole and Pete Dunne for me would be the way to go to, to get a bit of attention. Because, um, yeah, other than that, I don't know a lot of people who are excited for it um, and will be excited for it with so much else going on that weekend.
0: And the the atmosphere, as you noted, there is never. I mean, from watching them when they've hosted uh, NXT proper, and I think they might have done NXT UK at last year's Download Festival. The atmosphere is never, never great. I mean, it's better than Access, but that's not really the same. False you're trying to do some. Well, I suppose um, it's always a good atmosphere at Plymouth because it's quite kind of a small uh, venue, isn't it? And I know uh, World of Sport ran the same venue, I think, and it's always. And that was the the best atmosphere they had for. Uh, any of the shows so yeah it's always oh no it wasn't world of sports sorry five star that was the best uh, that was the only time i think we sold out <laughs> building and had a decent atmosphere i remember because that gibson did a uh i think he opened the show with like a 10 minute promo sort of thing you know showcasing to wwe that he was ready to open an episode of raw with these five star <laughs> tapings um, but yeah i think that was the only time that uh, five star got a, a decent reaction so Yeah, I suppose uh, the upside is that if they are building up to this TakeOver, that they have got those Plymouth uh, shows to look forward to. Um, I'm sure they'll create a good atmosphere down there. But um, moving away from TakeOver, also this week we had uh, the UK Performance Centre host an all-female tryout with a total of 18 European wrestlers uh, trying out at the Performance Centre in Enfield. I mean, some names in there were Session Moth Martina, Candy Floss, Valkyrie, and Jamie Hayter, just to name a few, Uh, I mean, James, what are your thoughts on this tryout? I don't think we can really read too much into it. I mean, it's just a, a WWE tryout, isn't it?
2: It's it's a WWE tryout, and I mean, <laughs> not to sound negative and dismissive or, or, of of people getting a tryout and that kind of thing, but like there the was a time when getting a WWE tryout was quite a special thing, quite a big deal. Quite, uh, it was you know, it it it, it meant you were you know, a top tier indie performer, I suppose, you know, and I can't think of anybody across the UK and Europe who's laced up their boots to any great ability in the last year or two that hasn't had a a, a WWE tryout at this stage. It's just like, you know, so it's lost all its specialness in my mind. Um, I suppose the significant thing from my point of view was that they brought over four Irish women. Um, So, it, and again, I'm happy for them, you know, if they're happy, fair play to them, you know? But again, like the first thing I think of is here they are getting their claws into another scene. you know, they, they they've they've got their claws into u k. They've got their claws into Germany, and now they're coming for Ireland, you know. and um, you know, those four girls, as I said, Good look to them, you know. They're at various stages of their career. You know, someone like Martina has been around for a long time, has been plugging away, has been doing everything she can on social media mm-hmm. to get herself signed or to get herself um, a tryout and that kind of thing. And then you have somebody like. Um, Valkyrie and Raven Creed who are the only a few years in you know so that's probably good experience for them um but yeah like it's 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 gotten to the point now when I hear of people getting deals when I hear of people doing tryouts the first thing that I feel now is dismay and dejection because it feels like another, group of people are going to be taken off the indies another group of people that promoters can't book freely anymore and you know to me it's 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 hard to get excited about these things anymore and it's it's just another depressing thing that they've brought into the scene you know.
0: I mean something interesting that came out of that story and I think we'd all sort of heard the rumours about it earlier this year but it, it seemed to be become a news story. Was that uh, Millie McKenzie apparently turned down an NXT UK deal earlier this year Benno?
1: Yeah I think that's Wise from her point of view, you know, going to what James just said there, like that there are this list of talents who were at the tape and at the tryouts this time. You know, there's some talent in there that's you know, seasoned. You know, the, the likes here Debbie Keitel and you know, Candy Floss, who's been on NXT UK TV, uh, mixed in, you know, with the likes of Rio, who does good work in PCW. and but then there's names in there like the likes of Jessica Light, who some of you have only seen uh, wrestle Pierce, who's trained by Zach Gibson and James Drake and wrestles primarily on their fighting spirit schools and she's getting a tryout. And for someone like her, you'd think, I think you probably need to, a couple more years under your belt of working all over. And it's great to hear, you know, someone like Emily a, a McKenzie's had that attitude as well. Uh, I think a big thing for her is she wants to continue to take her dates in Japan. Um, but I think that's probably the people around her as well, making her, you know, know that that's, the best thing for her to get better as a wrestler is going to be, you know, working in Japan, uh, and it's going to be working all around the country against both men and women, and you know, developing because she's very good, but she's not that good yet. And she's, I think, if she went to WWE now, you know, like a Jessica Light or like some of the other names that are on that that tryout list, I just think, yeah, to be in the endless loop loop of NXT UK tra- tapings and going down to that UK Performance Center. I think it, you know, you're going to learn certain things about how to work WWE style, but you know, most wrestlers and probably the trainers in that system, I'll tell you, the best way you learn is by working all that types of different people and working all types of of different places. So. Yeah, if you're uh, if you're Miller McKenzie, I think for me that is the right call. I think her time will come uh, later. I think they'll definitely be knocking down a door again. Um, but at that point, you know, when she gets even more accomplished that, than she is now, she might have other options too. So, yeah, for me, you know, I basically agree with what a lot of what Jamesy said there. Uh, it should be a big deal getting an NXT Tryout. and that, now it's it's just not. And I think for the majority of wrestlers, okay, yeah, NXT UK offers you a contract. Well, you know, While the, the business in the UK is better than, well, it has been better than it ever has been in the last couple of years and in Ireland as well, uh, you, you're probably going to snap the hand off and, and take the money because where else are you going to get a contract like that? But for certain people who are as a talented as a, as a Millie McKenzie, you'd hope that they, they keep their eyes open and, and see that there are other opportunities out there as well, rather than, again, being on that soulless, leakwar- lukewarm TV product every week.
0: Yeah, and I suppose also, you've got to remember sort of like we're talking about 18, 19 year olds, mm. and, and you know, you just know it'd be guaranteed money there, but then also, uh, not signing in the next to UK, sort of gives you a, a level of freedom, and you know, someone like Emily McKenzie might come home and hang out with your mates and they're like, oh yeah, I've just been working here, there or everywhere this weekend. She's like, oh yeah, I've just been in Japan for a week or, you know, wrestling in Australia. And now the NXT UK guys get to get to go over to WrestleMania weekend and and things such as that. But, you know, she's Mm -hmm. sort of like still a teenager getting to travel around the world and getting paid for it. So I suppose, and and having the freedom to pick and choose your dates as well. So I suppose it is a lot Mm. more uh, lucrative in that respect as well. But, uh, I mean, uh, moving away from the UK now and, and onto Ireland and OTT and and the company still struggling to find a regular venue in Dublin since the Tivoli was knocked down. Uh, seem to have had a number of things going on this past month. Uh, firstly, they hosted a show in Belfast entitled Banjax. Uh, while not in the top tier of OTT shows, it was a show that allowed the company to further some storylines and matches for other shows that we've got coming up this summer. I mean... The main thing coming out of this was uh, two angles with Jordan Devlin after he told David Starr he would have to go through Walter to get another title shot. And then also his longtime friend Sean Guinness turned on him and and got a shot of the title himself. I mean, Jamesy, what were your thoughts on the show and the uh, angles coming out of this one?
2: Yeah, like um, I suppose I would have said before on here that that the that Belfast w- would traditionally always have been very much the B town in O T T. Um, they were never must see shows. Um, they were show. You know, you might hear of a good match or two on a card and watch those, you know, um, because of the lack of venues in Dublin, they've had to beef them up a little bit, you know, so like you have Walter on there, you have Mustache Mountain, you have um, Jake Atlas been brought over. It's a strong, stronger card on paper than normal. Um, I, I still wouldn't say it's an essential show that, for, you know, for casual viewers of OTT, I wouldn't say you have to watch it top to bottom or anything like that. Okay. But I suppose that, Again, the issue of the lack of... like The monthly the monthly shows in the Tivoli were great for advancing angles and that kind of thing, and they don't have that anymore. So, you know, that there are essential things on here in terms of storyline advancement, as you said. Um, the Star-Guinness match, I would say, nearly more of an angle than a match. Um, very good. I, I really enjoyed it. I, I enjoyed Star kind of taking out... You know, it was... He came across, again, as this kind of... Evil mastermind, you know, he he Guinness kind of injures his leg coming off the top rope and immediately star focuses in on it, relentlessly, um, attacks the leg. Good selling by Guinness, and then there's the whole kind of mid match speech he makes to Guinness where he, um, you know, trying to sows sows this the seed of doubt in Guinness's mind about Devlin, you know, that, um, that you know, where has. Devlin been since he got his NXT UK contract you know and I suppose I, the problem for the angle is um, at that point the crowd is kind of almost on Starr's side and he's, he's in danger of veering into being mm. so right <laughs> you know the way they always say a heel should believe what he's saying and there should be an element of truth to what he says but there's almost a, a, a point of where you know you kind of nearly want to stand and applaud you know and like uh, me sitting watching at home who enjoys David Starr at the best of times and then I hear him bad mounting nxt uk like to me that's god i really want to get behind him you know and you could hear the crowd kind of turning now it, it did go back the other way with the post-match angle and that kind of thing um the you know so uh, and setting up guinness against devlin i think is clever you know it's we've had this kind of three-way storyline between walter devlin and Starr, and the, and guinness is. Kind of on the outskirts of that, like I think Walter's second match in OTT was that match at the Tivoli where he pretty mm. much destroyed Guinness to kind of get him over as the monster heel. So he's been there, and there were kind of there were video clips done where Guinness and Devlin kind of talked about how ferocious Walter was to build up the match between Devlin and Walter, um, and now they've brought Guinness into it as well. And it's it's they're telling this great story where Star is taking everything away from from Devlin. You know, he's 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 he ruined their friendship. He took. Guinness away from him now Guinness has kind of turned against Devlin he's trying to take his title as well so it's like he's trying to ruin his life basically and take everything that he cares about away from him um, and that's good stuff that's a good story and as I said he, he, and in difficult circumstances when they don't have monthly shows I think they're doing a reasonable job of building these matches up and and as an Irish fan um, Devlin against Guinness would, would be kind of a, a, a kind of a minor dream match in terms of their guys they go back years like I mean they were wrestling in in Japan in 01 when they were 18, 19 year olds. You know, they've always to been tag kind in of linked. Red being... Pro as well. I think in uh, yeah. some of the earlier Red Pro York Hall shows,
0: I think they were tagging together there as well.
2: Yeah. So like there is good history there, you know, and as I like, I've never seen them wrestle. I'm sure they have wrestled many times over the years and smaller shows and that kind of thing. So like yeah. for Irish fans who are aware of the history, it, that, that's a big match for us. You know what I mean? And it's, it's it's a really interesting one. And it's nice to see Guinness getting a little bit of a push because I feel like he gets overlooked a lot as well by a lot of people.
0: Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I've always said I've been saying that for a while now about Guinness. I know he's got his commitments uh, with zero one in Japan. Uh, not that we get six. It never makes tape, but he's, he's got a brilliant look. He's fantastic in the ring. And yeah, and it's, yeah. I've always thought that he should be uh headlining more OTT shows. He always seems to come back around, doesn't he? Sort of like the start of the year and then he'll disappear again. And it's great to see him in back here now, but yeah, that I'm, I'd be really looking forward to a, a Devlin and, and Guinness match. Um, I mean, Benno, what are your thoughts on some of the angles coming out of this uh, Banjax show?
1: Yeah, I think um, I think the the O.T.T. problem, is, as as James has put there, and as we've we've talked about previously, is the lack of shows and the fact that they're having to maybe skip beats in this story to to get to get to an end result. Uh, I think it's smart what they're doing with, with Guinness. I think. Gives him, it's the hot, you know, it has been the hottest story in wrestling. So plugging him into that is definitely a, definitely no bad thing. I thought he was really good as kind of, he was very sympathetic in the match with David Starr. And then, yeah, it made sense why he would turn on, on Devlin later. It probably made less sense why he's getting a title shot against Devlin, considering mm-hmm. yeah. he lost to David Starr on that very same show. And Devlin's in there in the ring saying, well, you've got to go through Walter to, uh, to get a match with me. But again, you know, those kind of minor transgressions, you could probably let go. I think the story probably would be told better if we did have more more Dublin shows to, to tell it with. Um, but still, you know, a good story in isolation and, and good stuff coming out of it. I mean, as we we kind of the, the the previewed all of this on the YouTube and me and Jamesy talked about about it a little bit last time. I don't love David Starr in the the lines of talking about his progress match with Devlin. Uh, I think that just opens a, a can of worms <laughs> of, of plenty of things that don't really make sense that happen in in one promotion across to the other. But I thought it was smart and yeah, uh, as a show altogether, it it. It wasn't the greatest OTT show, as you as you both said. Not really a show I'd tell people to rush out and check out. But you know, it was an easy watch, you know, is what I would probably say. I thought the angles were good. Star Guinness was basically an angle more more than a match, if anything. Like I say, the closing promo was really good. And there were a couple of solid matches on there. Mustache Mountain and the Besties in the World had a, mm. a fun tag match. And Walter and Tucker had a, a solid match, if not, you know, hugely different from the the many walter squashes we've seen on on nxt uk tv recently maybe a maybe a notch above that because it got a little bit more violent but still a very familiar match and yeah i think uh a useful show as far as you know building stories uh, as we go forward and uh, a necessary show to like like james said stack up with uh bigger stars than they, they usually might on a belfast show but yeah,
0: overall, just a, a fun, easy watch more than
1: uh, anything major to, to take from it, at least from a an ring point of view.
0: I mean, and of course, all these stories are leading to the next big OTT show, WrestleRama 3, on the 23rd of June at the National Basketball Arena in Dublin. And uh, we've got a, another stacked lineup, as, as they always tend to do at these big Dublin shows uh, Bandido against Ray Horace, Darby Allen taking on scotty davis david Starr against walter mark haskins against terry thatcher yes. and uh what we've just been discussing there jordan is taking on sean guinness and i mean that's a that's a stack lineup for that one isn't it jamesy
2: oh yeah like um yeah great card on paper like darby allen and scotty is 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 a, a real good matchup i think um i can see scotty thrown. Darby all over the place with his suplexes and that kind of thing and Darby taking all kinds of bumps for him. Um, Ray Horace and Bandido, you know what you're going to get there. You're probably going to get 10 to 15 minutes of pure flips and if that's your kind of thing then it's you know it's going to be top class stuff. Um, Terry Thatcher and Haskins, I, I, we, we talked about the, the first match between them I think a couple of episodes ago so that's the match again they've done really well to build it up you know in the, again we talk about these difficult circumstances using one of the contender shows to build that match up um, I think Thatcher might get the win in that um, and then we have of course we have Walter against Star and I'm sure we want to talk about the, the latest video that they've brought out to hype that as well Martin you know
0: yeah, I mean, I mean, you just noted it there. Another fantastic video from Sean Ryan uh, dropped this past week, hyping Walter against David Starr, starring the church, seemingly trying to orchestrate his first uh, victory over Walter Benno. Another incredible video here.
1: Absolutely fantastic. Yeah, Sean Ryan just continues to
0: maybe not top himself, but deliver at this this high level. Uh,
1: this one was more just the case, I mean, it just was carried by David Starr, isn't it? And, mm-hmm his great promo work and yeah, him being in in the church at the front directing directing things and directing the, the crowd chants and talking about uh, how this is going to be his time to beat Walter. You To be honest, I mean, the Sean Ryan production's fantastic, but you really, you could just put David Starr in front of a camera and he'll sell me on a match yeah. at this point. And that was, <laughs> the best, this was though the best of those two worlds, wasn't it? You got the, the excellent production of the video, but you also got yeah David Starr just cutting a, a killer go-home promo as he does. And I think, yeah, with the These videos are such an important part of OTT's presentation at this point. You know, there might be issues elsewhere, but you forget them as soon as one of these videos come out. It's appointment viewing, isn't it? And they'll say, oh, yeah, it's going live on YouTube at 8 o'clock. And I was there with everyone else at 8.01 trying to get this thing playing to to get to see it. And, yeah, just if anyone hasn't seen it, definitely check it out. Another incredible piece of work. And, yeah, to match the... Obviously, we've all seen it a, a number of times, but now with a, a different spinner taking place in OTT, uh, it got me really hyped for it, more hyped than, than even I was going in. So, yeah, it's uh, definitely, definitely done its job there.
0: This is, He's still not beating Walter at this show, though, is he? I, know, I don't think. Probably not. Uh, I think there's a there's an argument to say, well... If David Starr
1: can't beat Walter in WXW, maybe he could beat him in OTT in Progress, and you could keep that story of how he's never, he's just never beaten him in Germany or for for WXW in general. But it seems unlikely, yeah. Uh, especially you know with Walter being NXT UK champion as well, it's probably the stuff of dreams that we're, we're probably never going to get. But again, they may be something of a believer again, and I bet yeah, when in that ring and David Starrs getting near falls, we're all going to be biting.
0: It is interesting because, I mean, we have seen this match so many times, James, but uh, it, they continue to add further dynamics to it and it still gets you hyped to see it one more time, doesn't it?
2: Yeah, like, I mean, and, you know, when it kind of became apparent that that was the match, I, I was a little bit kind of shrugging my shoulders because it's it has been done so many times in so many different settings. But again, like, it's it's this is where the video comes in, you know, and just to go back to the video, just, for a moment i thought the portrayal of star as a guy who's this mental torture that he has at not being able to beat walter you know he can, he, he he hears the music in every waking moment you know what i mean and he he craves he craves stopping that music, he craves the silence, he craves the mental peace of finally beating Walter, like like that's really, really good stuff, you know what I mean? And that's, that's the kind of thing you need to do to get me excited about a match that's happened so many times before, you know what I mean? And it, what it actually reminded me of, I don't know, do you guys remember. Do you remember when mankind started in WWF mm. and he would um, he had two different team tunes. His, mm. his, 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 the music he'd have coming out was was a kind of a, this chaotic. Kind of music, you know, it conveyed how crazy he was almost, you know what I mean? Very sinister. And then when he when he'd inflicted violence on someone and when he'd beaten someone, his, his music when he left the ring was this really calm, peaceful piano music. Yeah. And he, um, he he based that on Hannibal Lecter. And you know that famous scene in Silence of the Lambs where Lecter is in the cage and he bludgeons the guard to death with his own um, his own stick. And this really calm music is playing in the background and he's almost conducting the music at the end and mm-hmm. that's all i could think of when i, when I was looking at star there he, he's he's you no know, he's he has to do something to give himself that same peace and that same you know he has to beat Walter. the only way he's going to have that peace and that silence as he said himself is to put Walter away you know and that's that's really good stuff like that's really deep stuff and that's the kind of stuff that gets me invested in a match. You know what I mean? So in a three-minute video, they've taken a feud that's literally been done in every major promotion around the world Mm. that other promotions are going to be doing later in the year, (laughs) and I'm still excited to see it. You know what I mean? And like, in my heart of hearts, I know Star probably isn't going to win. It almost certainly isn't going to win this match. But I still want to see it. And like, when I'm there on the night, I will believe. And that's like for them just to get you in that state of mind about the match when it's a match that's been done so many times before with an almost inevitable outcome. That's good stuff like that's good promoting and that's good character work and that's that's the kind of depth that i want in professional wrestling you know what i mean and that's where ott keep hitting it out of the park by making us care about these matches and that's 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 the stuff i want at this stage in my fandom i need that kind of depth i need that kind of character work to really get into matches
0: yeah and i mean it's like you said they are only three minutes long these videos that get produced well uh, i think the uh star and devil in one was slightly longer but they just add so much more to a match, don't they, that it just gets you so much more invested yeah. watching these uh, mm-hmm. brilliant stories they keep pulling out. And uh, yeah, and long may it continue. But I mean, last bit of news on OTT and uh, they're running their first ever showing Cork over August Bank Holiday weekend. I mean, James, it's pretty significant that they're running uh, the second biggest city in Ireland for the first time.
2: Yeah, branching out beyond Dublin. They've they've done back in the first couple of years of the promotion, they would have done some shows in Limerick, which is I suppose the third biggest town, uh, third biggest city in the republic. Um, But like they were very small shows. They were in a small nightclub. I think if they got a hundred people, they were probably doing very well. But like this is, as far as I know, this is a pretty similar venue to the one in Tala. Like it's it's the it's a basketball stadium down there, so it's 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 a pretty big show. I think they have they've announced pack. Um, they're. Going to need to promote locally, I think. Um, I think it was significant that Raven Creed lost the women's title on that on that last Belfast show that we just talked about, um, and I can see them promoting her locally. Like she, she's from Cork, mm. um, and. I don't know if you know anything about people from Cork, but they're extremely proud of their county. They they, they almost see themselves as separate from Ireland. They, 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 there's always this joke about the People's Republic of Cork. So they're they're, they're almost a, an entity. I'm trying to think of an analogy for people in in England, but it, it's hard to kind of come up with one really. But like they're,
0: Cornwall, they, I think they want to be sort of separate from the rest. Of the yeah, country,
2: yeah, I mean. yeah, yeah. Like it's it's a kind of like they're fiercely proud of who they are and where they're from. Um, there's almost a, a, like a, an arrogance. About Cork people. Like this does this yeah, but how all you ever hear from people from Cork is how great Cork is. It's the be all and end all, <laughs> you know. So um that's the kind of sentiment they need to tap into though, you know what I mean? So I, I can see them making a big deal of this rematch, and I can see maybe Raven Creed winning the belt back on the night. Um, and they'll probably do some work with there's a there's another there's a smaller promotion in ireland called phoenix wrestling that uh, generally tends to promote just in in the southern part of the republic of ireland so they're they're in the uh, it's like an area called munster so it's cork waterford limerick um and they would they would feature an awful lot of local wrestlers from that part of the country so i can see them maybe putting a few of those on the card as well just to draw the lo- locals in um but yeah i'm fascinated to hear how it how it does um I heard from somebody that the ticket sales weren't great, but it's still a little bit away. Is it? Is it in July or August, Martin? Or August? Uh, August, yeah. August, yeah. So I mean, yeah, there's plenty of time. Yes, you know what I mean. And um, I think, like, but it's one of those ones where good old fashioned local promoting. I think, postering, mm-hmm. getting on local radio, getting Raven Creed out there, and getting her kind of get the locals fired up to see her in a match. I think that's the way to go with it, really. You know.
0: Yeah, definitely. And it and it it should be. You know, if it is a, another big. Uh, area that they can run it's, it should be a project for them i guess you can't expect like yeah. you know kill a box office immediately you know and you know like they did with dublin they need to build it up don't they so uh yeah do i hope it goes well for them but i mean uh moving back over to the uk and um and a promotion we haven't really discussed on here before uh world association of wrestling the promotion <laughs> founded in the early 90s and run by the knight family and of course The Knights have had tons of publicity this year, being the subject of the film Fighting with My Family, and of course, their daughter, uh, being paid in the WWE, got tons of publicity from that as well, and uh, they ran their biggest show to date, and one of the highest attended British wrestling shows of the year, Fight Mare 3, at the uh, football ground of Norwich City, uh, Carrow Road, and... I mean, outside of all the publicity they've had for the film, the big draw for this one was former Norwich City football player Grant Holt making his uh, wrestling debut for the Knights. Uh, I mean, for folks outside of the UK, Holt was a fairly prolific player for the the club, scored, uh, scored a ton of goals for them and helped them gain promotion to the Premier League. So uh, certainly a, a big name for people in Norwich. Um, I mean, it was an interesting setup they had for the for the football ground. They Obviously, didn't use the whole stadium. Uh, the ring was in one corner of the pitch with the the fans around it. And uh, and they ran and as well as Grant Hall, uh, they rounded out the card with uh, various members of the Knight family. Mick Foley came in as guest commissioner, of course. Uh, the The main match was the one involving Grant Hall. He teamed up with Billy Gunn and Rene Dupree to take on the heel stable of Cos Industries. Um, I mean, attendance for this one was brought uh, over 4,000 fans for the show. So, I mean, easily the biggest Britwrest show we've seen this year. I mean, I can't see it really being topped unless Progress do another show at Wembley later on in the year. But, I mean, you won't know, go into the whole four-and-a-half-hour show. I mean, <laughs> this was an outdoor show. I mean, the sound was absolutely terrible on the VOD with promos being absolutely inaudible, obviously you know with the mics uh being lost to the to the wind in the stadium uh page sent in a video to open it from a, a a home in the u.s uh couldn't hear anything she said and but i mean as far as in ring i mean the main highlights uh for me from this one was the dad v lad match as ricky knight jr took on his dad roy knight for the w w a w heavyweight title and i mean I mean, it's not a must run out and see match, but at 19, Ricky Knight Jr. is very impressive, flying all over the ring, and certainly uh, I'd say he's got a bright future ahead of him, Benno. Definitely.
1: I mean, I saw him first a couple of years ago, at PCW. They had the, uh, I can't remember, but the, the Hooligans were supposed to be facing some tag team that didn't turn up. So they did an open challenge and out came Ricky Knight Jr. And I think one of the other Knight family, I think it's like a, a cousin or a nephew or something. And the joke was kind of like, didn't you expect us to come out? We all drove down in the car from Norwich together. Uh, <laughs> it was real, But it was a really memorable match because uh, from that point on, Ricky Knight Jr. was flying all over uh, the, the nightclub at PCW, Run Fusion, and just kind of evoked, sorry, and really took my breath away as like a live wrestler. And again, I thought he was great here. I mean, obviously... In some ways, his presentation, you think uh, that's not what I would have expected from a night kid. But then you think back to like the zebra kid days and there's definitely uh, no stranger to to having flyers in the night family, too. But he's a very indie flyer. Like he, he's very much, you know, a lot of WAW feels like a bit of a throwback to older school British wrestling. Whereas he's very, very modern with his flying and his stuff off the top rope. But he's got those fundamentals, too, like. I watched uh, as much of this show as I possibly could. Like you mentioned, Martin, it was uh, one of those shows where it looked like a better time live than it would be on VOD uh, without all of you know the problems with the the sound and just kind of the thrown together nature of some of the videos. It was you know, for anyone there live. It was probably their their spiritual successor to SummerSlam '92. Uh, that's what I kind of kind of felt like your big outdoor show with, with colourful big characters and stuff. But they didn't really. They weren't really, maybe they were loud there if you were there, but it didn't come across very well on the VOD. But for Ricky Knight Jr. against his dad, it re- they really did come alive, and they were there for his big hope spots, there for his big dives. It was a point where he went up to the top to it to dive through the table, and you could literally hear people uh, in Carrow Road you know, stomping on the ground like it was, you know, Norwich were in the Premier League, and uh, it was like what an atmosphere that the, that stadium hasn't had <laughs> in quite a while. So <laughs> he, he really did. For me, from the stuff I saw, he was the one of the most over people there, and I think part of that is people are being invested in the story with his dad and part of that's the work um and yeah obviously they being father and son they know each other well and yeah they've been having matches like this all around the country for years and this was another very very good one you know if not maybe something that people should desperately check out on vod just because of the maybe the poor quality of the vod but certainly for me the the highlight of the night
0: i didn't think uh roy was um i mean obviously long time brit rest fans will remember him from his uh, days in the fwa but um yeah he was no slouch in this match either i, I thought jamesy
2: oh yeah like i mean it was i, I suppose the, the main thing to say from the outset is that this probably isn't a show aimed at us you know what i mean this, this isn't <laughs> this this isn't a, 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 you know and that's probably why there wasn't as much talk about it in our bubble this is family wrestling you know it's um i, I think we were chatting about it in the DMs and it's I think it was you said it Martin it, it was it was a glorified camp show you know what I mean mm, but that's fine yeah. and I mean that's that's their business that's that's the business they know that's what they've been doing for you know twenty thirty years at this stage you know what I mean and they do it very very well you know and this match was um it was aimed at the family audience, you know what I mean? It was it was the the young baby face against the grizzled old heel who, who can't let go of his spot. You know what I mean? And they threw the kitchen sink at this match. You know what I mean? As you said, Breno, there was there was a, a sent on off the top to the outside through a table. There were multiple run ins. There was a heel referee showed up at one stage. It was kind of hard to keep up with all this. I had no idea they were No, it was like a, he, the he, of he it even emerged had like, with a chair at one point,
0: didn't he?
1: I was, I had, and the commentary was no help I had no,
0: no idea
2: help whatsoever yeah <laughs> and, 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 and at one point the two reps were fighting having fisticuffs um, but you know at the end of the day the crowd liked it and I mean you got the feel good moment at the end um, all of a sudden after putting his son through 20 minutes of torture <laughs> Ryan night turns around uh, and, and, and it, it, suddenly they're mates for a reason almost after the match As you know families,
1: yeah, it's you know, that's, yeah, that's
2: true. you're allowed to hit each other. <laughs> but if a stranger gets involved then it's exactly. a problem and the family's if that heel he, <laughs> ref is doing it that's not good you know and yeah. then they brought the granddad into the ring so that they had their feel good moment a, a big day for the family you know what I mean and as I said this isn't wrestling for us you know what I mean it's wrestling for, for the families who are there the families loved it and, yeah, but like Ricky Knight Jr. looks like a guy for sure who has a, a big future I think in the industry like if he's 19 and he's doing that kind of stuff then you know, I would say he's a name we'll see an awful lot more of in in, in future and <laughs> the big thing I thought of is I hope Triple H doesn't hear that there was a 4,000 um, <laughs> a 4,000 draw in, in up there in, in Norwich because next thing you know Grant Holt will be on the NXT UK show <laughs> and Ricky Jr. <Knight-June laughs> showing up and you'll have that heel referee doing a run-in in the main event between Adam Cole and Pete Dunne and God knows what else you know what I mean, but like yeah a great field you know, and like the, that kind of stuff is the nits and bolts, nuts and bolts of of British wrestling. You know what I mean? And we shouldn't forget that that even in the barren years when, when we didn't have the great work rate stuff, companies like this were plugging away, you know what I mean? And and for them to draw that crowd is a phenomenal achievement. Like and it shouldn't be forgotten that that they did it based again on good old-fashioned local promotion by putting people in, in the right spots and you know, I, I, you know, all the best of them. You know, I, I just think it's, it, it was a great thing and a real feel-good thing to watch. To be honest, you know, like you know, when you when you take off your your smart hat and that kind of thing, and you just enjoy it for what it was, um, a real fun thing to watch. I thought.
0: Yeah, and I mean, I mean, you mentioned about Grant Holt in the uh, NXT UK Performance Centre. I don't think we're going to be seeing that anytime soon. But that was the yeah. other notable match from this show. Uh, the the six-man tag involving him, I mean, easily the loudest pop from this crowd was when he made his entrance. And uh, I mean, nothing to write home about in the match, but I, I didn't think Holt looked too bad in the ring. I mean, he certainly wasn't as bad as uh, your Dennis Rodmans or, or the like, uh, Benno. <laughs>
1: Yeah, he he looked like a trainee. He looked like a wrestling student out there. And he should. I mean, of course he should. Uh, Professional athlete, obviously, and Norwich legend that he is, uh, he's still, you know, very new to this. Um, yeah, I, I was a little bit disappointed to be honest. He did get a big pop on, on, on the entrance, but I would have given him the full WrestleMania treatment, given a full, a full big entrance to just The Zone and, and, and gotten him over with a maybe a live band and you know family member Steve Holtz yeah, yeah. up uh, there and all kinds of. Uh, I, would have, I would have given it the pomp and circumstance because it was a big deal to the, the people of Norwich. You could uh, you could see people in the Holiday Inn in the background looking through the window as. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> as local legend, Grandpa came out. That's a, that's the a best seat now. It's that if I was going to a, a show at Carrow Road, I'd definitely stay at that hotel. Um, but yeah, he was he was fine. I mean, in the match, he was pre- he wasn't presented as Ricky Morton, was he? He was presented as Robert Gibson. He took the heat. I mean, I'd love to see that conversation between him, Billy Gunn, and Rene Dupree. Like yeah, yeah, you might be a big name around here, kid, but we're we're two veteran legends, so you're taking the heat in this one. Um, and he literally just got thrown from pillar to post by the heels throughout the match with some <laughs> slightly dodgy bumps that that got me a little bit worried. And then when he made his comeback, he looked quite exhausted trying to hit his his drop kicks off the top and stuff like that. Uh, but it ended pretty quickly after that with the, with Billy Gunn kind of taking the glory. But yeah. Let there be no mistake, Grant Holt drew this house uh, And yeah, I think he uh, He did his best, he was out there He was credit to him for being Willing to take the bumps And the the punishment that he did Um, But yeah, I would have liked to uh, A legend of his stature to maybe be treated with a, A little bit more respect by his tag partners there
0: well, yeah, you said that about his entrance there. It is, it's surprising they didn't have more pomp and circumstance, considering in the opening match uh, Zach Knight came out on a Prince Nazim Hamid style uh, sort of throne, and he was a good guy in that match. I was like, what the fuck is going on here? Is it to take on Tony Knight, and he's supposed to be the good guy, and he's coming out like the most arrogant twat in the building. I was like, what is going on here? <laughs> yeah, if they could afford that big entrance for Zach, I mean, surely they could have, uh, you know, got a bit of pyro for Grant. But, uh, I mean, as you noted earlier, James, I mean, huge achievement for uh, WWE and the Knights and, uh, you know, getting the biggest rest crowd of the year so far, and that's certainly nothing to be sniffed at. And, you know, um, hopefully they'll be able to build on that. And, uh, I mean, apparently Grant will be making another appearance at Fightmare next year. So, uh, interesting to see if it, he does just, just sort, of, sort of like one appearance for the Knights um, a year, or he, he's got the wrestling bug now. I, I guess uh, we'll have to wait and see on that one. But um, moving away from WAW and on to Red Pro, who held their uh, Live at the Cockpit 42 on the 2nd of June, which which featured one of the most memorable cockpit main events they've, uh, they've done there as Michael Oku faced off against Packer. Um, I mean, Oku, he's only been wrestling for around three years, has really been making a name for himself, paying for promotions up and down the country. He seems to be getting himself absolutely everywhere. And, I mean, we've all been a bit down on Pac recently with the screwy finishes and his high-profile matches with the likes of Will Ospreay. Uh, But this match was was amazing. I mean, easily one of the highlights since Pac came back to the Indies and a star making performance from Oku here, Benno, Uh, certainly someone to keep an eye on
1: yeah definitely. Uh, the best possible use of pack as well, like you say, and mm-hmm. the best to get someone like Oku over. Uh, I thought I really thought like at, at this point, I, I'm just not interested in seeing pack matches. Uh, I think Will the Will Osprey match is the best example of that. you know, a match we should be talking about as a potential match of the year and all, you know, I'm as guilty as anyone, all we really seem to talk about is that—is how bad the finish was, <laughs> and that's kind of the story of Pax here, you know, he's killing it in Dragon Gate, I watched this match with Dragon Kid the other day as well, which was awesome, uh, but there definitely does seem to be a down feeling uh, when he's over here, and for me, the answer is he should be out here defending, you know, the Dragon Gate belt, at least then you can, you can mm-hmm. excuse him going over everybody, but if you're not going to do that, then this is the better, this is the other, you know, good alternative, because it can make someone like Anoku. Um, He shouldn't have been believable in this match. You know, everything I just said there, that should make it unbelievable uh, that Michael Oko has a, a chance in hell uh, of getting anything out of this match. And he did. You know, he made me a believer. Uh, you know, even watching this on the VOD a couple of weeks later, uh, you can't help but bite on some of those near falls and, you know, fight along with him when he's, you know, hit, hitting, hitting Pac back and then making his big comebacks and kicking out of, you know, Pac having. Pa kicking out Pax offense to the point where Pax having to, you know, reach into his locker and hit four fifty splashes as a as a heel almost begrudgingly. Uh it was just a I think Park obviously is one of the best in the world I think we forget it because of the kind of the the cloud surrounding him at least you know in our neck of the woods in the uk when he when he performs over here anoku yeah, he's someone who you know a name that's been bubbling on them for a while I think this was a just a shot window for him um it made him look great I like that he didn't do you know the big handshake and a hug at the end you know pack kept his character showed no mercy to him at the end on the promo and if anything that puts, you know, a little bit even more sympathy uh, on Oku. Um, and yeah, this is what I want to see about with, with Pac in, in Rev Pro. If he's not defending his belt, then at least do this, where he can, you know, work, not miracles, but, you know, work great matches with people who are a little bit uh, less experienced than him, make a name like anoku uh, at a time where Rev Pro do needs you know, some more talent to step up. So, yeah, uh, coming out of this hearing live reports. I hear people even go as high as, as five stars for this thing. I wouldn't go that high, but I did come out of it thinking, yeah, what a match and what a use of parking. Yeah, what a great performance for Michael Oku. Just
0: tremendous, tremendous stuff. Was Oku someone on your radar, James, before
2: this match? Um, I, I had seen bits and pieces of him, you know, and I had always seen him as as, as a young guy who, who who had something about him on the way to oh you know but um, I think if, if suddenly this is how he at this point anyway, when he's still the Dragon Gate champion is where it's a, you know, it's a foregone conclusion that he's probably going to win anyway so it takes that whole debate about the finish out of it but mm. then what he does from belt to belt and make guys is is really what he can do you know and um, I I I would imagine that seeing the match live in the building would have been an amazing experience. You know, that crowd walked into it; they were drawn into the match as the match went on. You know, it was it was real classic small room wrestling. You know what I mean? You had like they were fighting in the crowd at times. They brought the crowd on a ride. They gave them hope at certain points. You know, like when they're squaring off before the match, there's that kind of cynical part of you looking at looking at the build of pack and looking how chiseled he is. You know, like a, a looking like a giant beside Oku, who's who's just this young guy who's still has to fill out. You know, he's he's in, and it looks like a terrible mismatch. So it's to their credit that they made us believe that Oku. Any chance at all of winning you know or even getting the draw you know i mean they've been criticized in the past for suddenly introducing the um the announcements of the time you know obviously mm-hmm. with with a view to doing the time limit draws with pack and that kind of thing um but here it was perfect because okay there's the, the, the you know even if you're thinking realistically there's no way Oku was going to beat pack there was the possibility of the draw even you know what i mean so, and they were counting down the minutes, like they got to 28 minutes and you're thinking, well, what's to stop Michael oku getting a 30-minute draw here? But in this situation, you wouldn't feel robbed by the draw in that situation because they'd worked the match so well. It was probably something you didn't consider when the match started. Um, so from that point of view, it was worked really well. I think it got spoiled a little for me because i listened to to the grapple that podcast and i listened to joe's amazing (laughs) breakdown of the match so i kind of knew the whole structure of the match almost which is a pity um so like as i said if i had been there in the building for that match that's the
0: so uh red pro have got a big show coming up in manchester at the end of june uh matches announced so far we've got mk mckinnon taking on tetsuya naito sonata and zach sabre jr and then um, announced tonight we've got uh, Shingo taking on Michael Oku, and that's a huge match, Benno, uh, from a a guy who's had such a fantastic uh, Best of Super Junior tournament. Um, I mean, that's a big, big match for uh, Oku to get there from Red Pro, isn't it?
1: Oh, definitely. I mean, yeah, Shingo's coming out with I mean, you already had the hype. You know, Dragon Gate fans are no super stranger to him. Uh, Ring of Honor fans like me and Jamesy back in the day. You know, hmm. No strangers to seeing him live in this country as well. Uh, but yeah, re- renewed kind of hype around him from that incredible performance at the the best of the Super Juniors. And yeah, I kind of spent the day wondering who they were going to put him against. And having just, you know, all of us praised that that Pac-Michael Oku match, then they come out and give Michael Oku this big match. And it just... Great booking. Um, I wonder, you know, what the makeup of the crowd's gonna be in Manchester. It's not particular, I can't imagine it being Rev Pro regulars. Um, so hopefully, you know, Oku can carry on his momentum. Um if he gives an underdog performance like he did against Park, I think he's gonna be in, in no trouble. But it will be interesting to see the the crowd reaction to him. But yeah, great match to put together there and it's a card that hasn't had a huge amount of hype. Um, you know, a card that almost feels forgotten that it's you know coming up quite quite soon. But yeah, matches like that and the, the other announcements they've made have uh, have all kind of uh, started to to bring this card into focus.
0: I mean, um, it's a it's a big show for a pro. And uh, Benno, you've been to the Victoria Warehouse in Manchester. <laughs> it's not it's not a small building, is it?
1: No, it's not. Um, progress didn't sell it out uh rev pro i would say just from anecdotal evidence don't you know, have quite the foothold that Progress have in the north. It took Progress a while to, to start selling out their Manchester shows, and we're only talking six, seven hundred people there. This is a venue that could probably hold as many as two thousand, probably more. Uh, it's going to be nothing near that. Um, obviously, Rev Pro were up here for, uh, for the MediaCon, and that was a couple of hundred people specifically for the Rev Pro show. Uh, obviously, there was the big income show that was a quote unquote New Japan show uh, that did a lot better, uh, but I don't think many of the, the people there obviously were Rev pro fans who travelled up, but I think the majority of people were there to see New Japan. Um, so, you know, it makes sense that they've booked yeah. a lot of New Japan heavy talent like the likes of Shingo, the fact that it's ungovernable, the show, and heavily featuring uh, LIJ with a you know an appearance by Shibata there as well. I think they're hoping to draw back some of that mm. crowd, but yeah, I do question how they're going to fill that venue. It's a great venue. It's um, where uh, Manchester's famous warehouse project takes place. Uh, they've got lots of uh, good food vans and good choices of beer on tap and great sight lines no matter where you are uh but again i, I do question it's a little bit on the outskirts of manchester uh, how many hardcore fans are there up north or rev pro because i'm not really fe- feeling the hype for this one yet um so it'll be yeah it'll be interesting to see how many uh people actually do make the trip uh, for this show because they're definitely definitely trying with this card
0: before all that, there's a small matter of uh, two Red Pro titles being defended on uh, the New Japan Kizuna Roadshow as Zack Sabre Jr. face off against Yoshihashi for the Red Pro heavyweight title, and El Fantasmo defends the cruiserweight belt against Taguchi, and I think everyone breathed a sigh of relief as it might have looked like we were getting the Yoshihashi match in London, but it doesn't seem to be the case anymore, Jamesy. <laughs>
2: Yeah, yeah, there was a lot of consternation on the timeline there. And when we were all watching live on, was it Sunday morning? We were watching the big um And Yoshi Pinzak, they were junior. I was thinking early event of the the show at the copper box but um yeah i think the tweet went out then early during the week that it's 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 going to be on the casino road shows because uh yeah i think they need something better i mean yoshihashi is fine but i don't think he has many fans anywhere not to mind in this part of the country at this stage um i think if he if he's if he's bumped off the G1 climax card, I don't think anybody will be too sorry about it. So um, yeah, like I, I don't know if you guys have had any thoughts about what they should do with the Copper Box. Um, my thought is that they should definitely do an all-British match. I think the match they should do is is Osprey against Sabre. I think, um, especially now that WWE UK are, are running on the same day, I think that will be the ultimate two fingers to them. You know what I mean? That's Yes, WWE have cleaned out the indies of all the talent, but the two best British wrestlers of this generation are are, are undoubtedly, if not ever, are Sabre and Osprey. And I think that's the match you put on to show that, yes, NXT UK have hoovered up as much talent as they could, but New Japan is the place where the elite go. And I think that would be a very, very, very symbolic, almost match to put on that, you know, we are the premier work rate promotion in the world. And, you know, I think that's, you know, Guys go to New Japan because they deserve it. Guys go to NXT UK because NXT because WWE want to control them, and that's the difference, you know. So I think that would be that would be the match I do. I don't know if you guys have any thoughts on that or
0: no. It has to be that match, and they've got mm. a load of history in Red Pro anyway. I mean, they had my uh, yeah. match of the year in 2017. I think it was that Global War show that they headlined. That was an absolutely incredible match. Um, yeah, and I don't think they've. I, I'm not sure. I don't, I don't know if you can correct me on here, but have they even faced off um, in 2018?
1: No, I don't think there was a match last year, and it's definitely not been a match this year. Uh, I'd do it. To be honest, I, I want to see Osprey Okada again um, mm. after that great breakout match for Osprey in 2014. Uh, you could come full circle. Osprey is a heavyweight now, getting a getting a title shot against Okada. That'd be the way I'd go. But yeah, I certainly wouldn't complain about uh, Zach Zack and Osprey either.
0: So, um, I mean, moving away from uh, Red Pro and onto uh, another promotion that we've uh, not really talked about on this show before, Kamikaze Pro, uh, based in the West Midlands, have been running shows since about 2013, used to be the stomping grounds of the likes of Pete Dunne and uh, Tegan Knox, and they held their Relentless Rules show on the 31st of May in Coventry, and one match in particular which caught a lot of people's eyes was the false count anywhere match between Chantel Jordan and Joey Janela match went viral with gifts being shared everywhere and even getting <laughs> an article under the likes of the Daily Mail and some newspapers and I mean it's really easy to see why they spent about 30 seconds in the ring before Janela threw Jordan out of the ring brawling all over the bar area before flooding out onto the mean streets of Coventry where the Brawled on a double-decker bus, got told off by the police, dived from phone boxes, <laughs> fought in a chicken shop, and Janela even um, piled drove Jordan onto a car. I mean, the match eventually came back into the wing where Janela won, and certainly a newsworthy match in this day and age of gifable wrestling, and this certainly got a lot of traction here, Benno.
1: It definitely did, yeah. The gifts were kind of coming out on the night, weren't they? And people like, you know, frequent guest here, Will Cooling, were raving about it, just saying, wait until you see this match. Uh, yeah, the the bus spot was funny with just the people on the bus, not really. <laughs> people on the bus and the people in the chicken shop really seemed nonplussed that there was a topless man <laughs> and a 15-year-old girl having a wrestling match in front of them it uh, doesn't say much for uh, the appeal to the uh, the casual fan that uh, that wrestling's got these days uh, but yeah it was funny. richard almost getting arrested like you say the big dive off the uh, the phone booth was was great as well uh, i kind of enjoyed I thought the commentary wasn't great, but I kind of thought it was funny them trying to follow the action and push through people <laughs> and try and try and keep up with it. Um, I saw some criticism of that just because, you know, it's a 15-year-old girl that Janella's pile driving on the roof of, of somebody's car out on the street. Uh, I don't really know how I feel on that. I don't think it's, it's not the best thing uh, that that's happening that a 15-year-old is wrestling full stop um but then again you know how many 15 year olds you know maybe it's because it's a it's a gale you know people are people are reacting that way if it the ray mysterios of the world and all kinds of 15 year old males of a wrestler we were just talking about ricky knight jr and nobody was complaining about that maybe it's the mix of police and street action that makes this (laughs) one a, a little bit different as well um but yeah it was you know it was Chantel Jones was a name that I didn't really know um, going into this. And I do know now they had the silly excessive match once it got back to the ring. Um, you know, your very typical Joey Janela structured match. Um, but it definitely it got her name out there. It went viral. They got Kamikaze's name out there. So it was it was obviously a success, even if there might be you know, some minor complaining about, uh, about that there.
0: Yeah, I mean, um, Janela even noted in his post-match promo that uh, 15 was the same age he started wrestling. So, that, I mean, yeah. yeah, as well as the match getting a lot of traction for the crazy brawling, it, you, you know there, Beno. We did have people questioning whether, you know, 15-year-old girls should be doing matches like this. I mean, for me, it's been clear been by parents and there and there's medical staff on hand and, you know, and even the pile driver on the car looked fair, done fairly safely, as, as safely <laughs> as you can do a pile driver on top of a car. But um, I mean, Jamesy is the only dad on this show. What were your <laughs> thoughts on this match? And, and Did you
2: have an issue with it? I, I I didn't hugely have an issue with it, to be honest. Uh, like uh, as you said, Martin, like uh, you presume you presume there's consent from her parents given. You know, mm. um, she's an extremely accomplished wrestler. You know, like she she um, she's for her age, she's fantastic. You know, um, y- you you would think if you didn't know that she was a wrestler with a few years behind her. Um, the only kind of with my dad hat on, the only thing that kind of had me cringing a little bit and a bit kind of uneasy was some of the language that Chanella was using. Mm-hmm. Um, You know, there's a few things he said to her that were probably unnecessary in the ring that you kind of, as a dad, would you like to hear being said to your 15 year old daughter? But that aside, I think like, everything they did was very safe. Like, you know, that this wasn't. A silly match where ridiculous bumps were being taken. Um, it was all done pretty safely. Um, they both seemed to come out of it pretty unharmed. Um, and it's 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 what you do when, when you're a small promotion like Kamikaze Pro when you have the chance to book Joey Janela. This is what you do. You know what I mean? Like uh, Janela is a big, big star, probably the biggest. Star in the United States, I think, at the moment. Um, in terms of like independent scene, I know he's AEW now, but um, he's big news. You know what I mean? And this is his wheelhouse. He can do these matches with his eyes closed. You know what I mean? So, as you said, Benno th- th- we live in the age of gifts, and I mean, we're talking about Kamikaze Pro on this podcast because they mm-hmm. did this match. You know, we we don't we don't watch Kamikaze Pro on a regular basis or talk about them. So, I mean, as far as I'm concerned they did their job as promoters um it's a fun match to watch um and yeah i don't have a massive issue with this
0: yeah and then as you know there benno i mean um i'd never heard of chantelle jordan before and she certainly seems like a promising talent and uh one to look out for for sure i mean even though Junella picked up the win you know uh she was made in this match pretty much mm-hmm. and i imagine she'll be uh getting a, a lot of bookings based off all the gifts that came out um I mean, moving away from that, and it doesn't seem like a, a month goes by without another European wrestler uh, or wrestler based in Europe being announced for a, a tour of Japan with a variety of different companies, so thought we'd cover all these in one big segment, and uh, first of all, we have to talk about Will Ospreay, who is having the best year of his career, which is no mean feat considering how many spectacular matches he's had uh, over the past few years, but this year he's just been exceptional hasn't he best of the super juniors tournament culminating in a match of the year contender against uh, uh, shingo and then a spectacular performance against dragon lee to become the new iwgp junior heavyweight champion i mean benno it's not hyperbole um, that we're only in june and osprey smashing every other wrestler out of the park with his consistent performances and spectacular matches
1: he's the best wrestler in the world at this point, yeah. Uh, I don't think it's hyperbole. I think he he legitimately is. Uh, I just think, for him, you look at this year he's had in 2019 so far, and compare it to anybody else's 2019, I think it blows him up the water, and compare him to anyone else in the world, you, you could look at people's careers and they haven't had as, you know, as good a run as Will Ospreay over their entire career that Will Osprey's had over these last six months. A big part of it has been this best of the Super Juniors tournament where, yeah, pretty much everybody in the tournament's best match all the way throughout it, uh, culminating in that incredible final with Shingo and, again, the incredible match with Dragon Lee that did the same week too. And, yeah, I think just Will Ospreay, just for the variety of opponents that he's worked against, and just the variety of just incredible matches that he's had, he's just... He is the best in the world for me at this point. He's like... He, he he is He's a flyer, but he can also sell. He can also tell a story in there. His striking's got a lot better. Like I say, his selling's got a lot better. He's just... He's the full package at this point. Maybe the promo is the, the one thing that he doesn't have yet, but he's getting better at that, even if he's still not great, but in a new japan environment it doesn't matter as much as as what he can do in ring and what he can do in ring at this point is just unparalleled and i'd have absolutely no problem myself calling the best British wrestler of all time. Uh, I said that on Twitter and got some some pushback, and we talked about that on my Grapple podcast, and they got some comeback from people you know, naming the likes of a Dynamite Kid and uh, even the likes of William Regal, where for me there's just no contest there. Name me your best five William Regal matches. Mm-hmm. They don't come near the best five Will Ospreay matches. I know that's a time thing, and uh, the purpose of the match has probably changed as far as an in point of view, but yeah, maybe you could say Dynamite Kid from an influence point of view. You know, was the best British wrestler of all time. But as far as, uh, far as great matches, which is the type of stuff that we talk about, uh, there's nobody uh, quite like Will Ospreay, both as a British wrestler and just a, as far as any wrestler goes in the world at this point. He, for me, he's just the absolute best.
0: I mean, uh, anything to add to that, Jamesy, about the great 2019 Ospreay's been having?
2: Um, like it's, it's, you feel like you're nearly repeating yourself every time we talk about Osprey, we're talking about him in terms of wrestler of the year, greatest British wrestler of all time. Um, and like, I, I would have no issue with when Benno tweeted that out, I, I would have no argument with what he said, you know, um, the only, I, I would maybe have Zach right up there with him. Um, but Zach is 31. And Zach has a higher resume behind him. He's been kind of wrestling at the top level for most of this decade, whereas Will has only started in the kind of second half of this decade, really. You know what I mean? Um, and like like the figures speak for themselves. I had a look at my own records and spreadsheets since the start of last year. And on my records, he's had 45 matches at four stars or more. Mm-hmm. Uh, 45 matches in 18 months. So he's, he's, he's knocking them out at a rate of... Three per month. You know what I mean. And I mean, every time he wrestles now, I'm, I'm. It, it's nearly, you're nearly penciling in the four stars before he starts. You know what I mean? Because that's the baseline with him. You know what I mean? And like, I, in terms of my wrestling fandom, like the the general style that Osprey wrestles wouldn't even be the style that I gravitate towards. You know what I mean? And if you look at the other guys in my top ten wrestler of the year they're all your technical-based wrestlers, your Thatchers, your Sabres, you know, all those kind of guys. Um, so I, I would say I probably mark Osprey harder than most other wrestlers, mm-hmm. you know, and I'm still giving him these, these insane numbers, you know what I mean? And I, I suppose one thing that hasn't been touched on much, I think, is the where he is in New Japan now at the moment. Um, like, b- before the Best of Super Juniors final, uh, between him and Shingo, I would have said that Shingo was going to win the match um, just based on the fact that he he had blasted through the, 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 the round-robin stage. He'd beaten everybody. He'd gone nine and zero. And mm-hmm. I felt like maybe Shingo was the guy who was going to get the big push. Um, and it, it made me enjoy the match more when I thought the match was over when Shingo hit his finisher on Osprey and he kicked out. And that little closing stretch, like I popped big for Osprey winning because I didn't expect it. And I saw quite a few people complaining online that the wrong man won the match and that kind of thing. But I would bring people's attention to that post match. When I saw Osprey standing in the ring delivering that promo, you could hear how popular he was with the Japanese fans. He is beloved over there. You know, he, he has committed himself to them he he does everything the Japanese fans appreciate. He works hard. He never phones it in, like, I mean, to, to his detriment almost. There are times when you'd like Will Ospreay to phone and phone it in every now and again just for <laughs> his own well-being and just for his own longevity, but that's not in his DNA, you know what I mean? And um, I kind of realized looking at him making that post-match promo that if you look at him and Shingo and you look at maybe their, what's the upper limit of what they can be in New Japan? And I think Shingo's upper limit is probably like an issue role where he's the guy you can rely on to have fantastic matches every week. You know, uh, you can put him in a G1 and he'll kill it with everybody. Mm. I don't see him as superstar material, whereas I think Will Ospreay is superstar material. Like, I I think he has Kenny Omega level, you know, his his his. I think his trajectory is going to be a Kenny Omega level trajectory. I think by this time 2 years i think he will have been the iwgp heavyweight champion i think he's he's they're going to go all the way with him he's an absolute superstar you know and it's it's at the stage where if people are arguing that point or if people are arguing his abilities as a wrestler you know obviously it's an opinion thing but it gets very hard to take those people seriously and you kind of <laughs> think how genuine are they being in their rating of him are they rating him based on his wrestling or are they rating him based on other things outside wrestling you know what I mean and my advice to people with Will Osprey is block him or mute him on Twitter and just enjoy (laughs) his matches and and, and don't listen to a word he says because (laughs) you're spoiling it for yourself by by listening to that stuff and letting it you know enjoy your because the guy is an absolute superstar you know and as I I said greatest British wrestler of all time wrestler of the year all these plaudits um just enjoy him, you know what I mean? Because wrestlers like him, he's a once-in-a-lifetime wrestler, and um, yeah, as I said, he he is a huge superstar, and he is going all the way in New Japan. You know, they 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 gave Shingo that unbeaten run to feed him to Osprey. You know what I mean? Mm. So like, Osprey was the end point. I thought all along this was to make Shingo the star, when in fact Gato again fooled us. Osprey was always the star all along, and they I think they worked this a little bit. Where remember? In the first week of the tournament, he was in the semi-main event. And we were all Mm -hmm. thinking, why the hell is Taguchi main eventing over Osprey? Like, Is is there something wrong with his push? Have they kind of gone cold on him? And I think that was a little bit of a work by Gato again, where he kind of, he led us away from thinking how much they thought of Osprey. And then all of a sudden, it was like my eyes were opened to an Osprey rule. And I thought, God, of course this guy is the star and this that whole tournament was leading up to osprey not chingo and that's brilliant that's a brilliant piece of booking again and you have to give new japan credit for kind of the obvious thing happening that none of us saw coming really you know and that's that's just great stuff you know
0: i mean i think you you put it perfectly there and also with the thing with osprey it's like you said in um one of the uh post new japan press conferences he's got no brain but a big heart so i think, <laughs> I think that's yeah yeah that up. yeah yeah, I think on uh, the Voices of Wrestling podcast, Joe Lanza summed it up
1: and he was like, "Osprey says things that are mildly stupid on Twitter and people act like he belongs in prison. Mm-hmm. And like that just sums it up for me, the, the overreaction to personal stuff with Wal- Wal Osprey that people use as justification to beat him down with because, yeah, he is that good. He's moving to, to Japan and good for him because he's too good to be it over here now. Uh, he's the only wrestler in the world who watches matches and just, I'm sad when they finish. Uh, and he is just that good, um, you know, on the, on the grapple ratings. I think he averaged over four stars uh, the entire tournament for best of the super juniors. That's how good he is uh, as far as bell to bell every single match. And yeah, I think at this point, yeah, he's got that, like James said, that connection to the crowd and he's so good at in-ring that even the people who were desperately trying to pin something to him to, to, to say something negative, about him, I've got to admit at this point, he's a, at least in the conversation for best in the world.
0: So, elsewhere in Japan, uh, Chris Ridgway is having a a pretty decent showing in the NOAA Global Junior Tag League Tournament teaming with uh, Hitoshi Kimono. I obviously butchered his name there. Uh, They've (laughs) currently got six points in the table. I mean, they managed to catch a couple of matches, but from what I've seen, he's uh, been pretty decent and getting some good reactions from the crowd as far as the crowds go for NOAA these days. And... uh, I mean last bit of Japanese news uh Millie McKenzie and Charlie Evans collectively known as a uh, Medusa Complex recently beat Beauty Bear the Beauty Bear team to win the Sendai Girls tag team belt. So I mean, watch this match started off pretty slow uh, with pretty minimal reaction but really built up well and, uh, I mean irrelevant uh, of what you think of uh, the Sendai Girls promotion it was a great win for the for these two Benno. Yeah
1: yeah I haven't seen it myself um uh, but yeah great to see them doing things uh, with Millie and Charlie Evans and yeah I think again I think for anything if anything it justifies what we said earlier about that for Millie McKenzie the best place is it to be is to be somewhere like here like with Sendai girls working matches you know to that quality like you described there and i being put in prominent positions too so yeah great to great to see uh, that decision paying off for her.
0: And, um, I mean, just a couple of small news items before we get out of here. And it was reported in the Wrestling Observer that the Chinese group, uh, OWE, will be doing a tour of the UK. And it uh, would be pretty interesting to see these lives, um, assuming it would be in conjunction with an, another promotion if they came over to the UK, Jamesy.
2: Yeah, like I, I, something different, I suppose. You know, I I can't claim to have watched an awful lot of OWE. Um, I've seen the clips that go around of these these incredibly... Um, physically gifted athletes that are being trained by by Sema. who's you know if you're going to be trained by a wrestler in 2019 I think Sema is, is one of the most influential and one of the most experienced guys in terms of training like I mean he's you know he's that dragon system through and through and the way they train their wrestlers like is phenomenal you know, they only turn out wrestlers of a certain calibre um, and and it's it's I suppose it's just something new and something fresh, you know what I mean. And, and I, I suppose if they headline it with the the Strong Hearts faction as well, I mean th- those guys are excellent. Like we, we saw them on the AEW show. Um, I've seen some of their other matches in, in Japan during the year. Um, the, one of the guys in that faction, T Hawk, is a fantastic mm-hmm. wrestler. Like that guy is a superstar. Um, like AEW should really take note of that guy and and try and push him as an individual because even even in Japan like it's not Seema who's holding individual titles it's T-Hawk like he's the Wrestle 1 champion at the moment um, and like if, if if they do come over I would urge people to look up some of T-Hawk's matches in particular like because if you see him wrestle on tape he's a guy you really would want to see wrestle live you know so yeah just something new and it, it just I think me and Ben were, were having a conversation a couple of weeks ago about like the, the UK fans are, are hardcore fans you know what i mean and you can Mm. see them coming out even even for something as obscure as this you can see them coming out and supporting it you know what i mean so yeah something i'd be very interested in seeing and very interesting to see who they end up working with like will it be a rev pro um because again does does that kind of imply a link between rev pro and aew you know what i mean so i suppose there's bigger picture stuff at play here you know what i mean and you know there's you know we're trying to map out the alliances in the wrestling business at the moment and i think if rev pro are, are involved here then it's a good sign for maybe them being involved with AEW in future which which i think would be a great thing for them
0: yeah it will be interesting to see whether that um if aw do have some kind of relationship with rev pro going forward and um certainly interesting to see if uh owe are involved in that and um Fight Club Pro are heading to Madrid to do a show with uh, White Wolf Wrestling, announced matches so far, uh, Pete Dunne versus A-Kid. And, I mean, Dunn's not had the best year uh, of his career in ring, but, I mean, this could be a, a really special match here, Benno.
1: Yeah, I mean, it doesn't. I think for that reason, it doesn't excite me that much anymore. Uh, I can't remember the last, you know, obviously there's the Walter matches that people were, were split on, lots of people much higher than me for Pete Dunne uh, on that Walter match. But, you know, if anything, it's a kid's form uh, that makes me more excited for that match and as matches with Ospreay and Zack Sabre Jr. Uh, Yeah, hopefully we get, hopefully, you know, he continues to be able to work in Madrid. Obviously, you know, uh, the two of them, Team White Wolf, are uh, assigned by WWE now. We're, that's what Meltzer reported. We don't know what the, the full details of that is. and what They do both seem to be working Rev Pro still and obviously being able to work for their own promotion still. So they are perfect examples of that Miller McKenzie story we were talking about earlier. Who, it would be best for them to continue to work matches like this. Uh, but yeah, you know, it's a... Pete Dunne is a big name. He'll get a monster pop when he goes out there in Madrid. And yeah, I could still, I could see this being a great one and one well well worth checking out. But maybe it says everything that at this point, it's because maybe it's an A-Kid match rather than a big a match rather than a big Pete Dunne match. That's uh, actually got me excited about that.
0: And um, um, Breed Pro Wrestling, uh, we mentioned them on a, a couple of shows ago, they'll be holding their Star Cave event in an actual cave in Castleton <laughs> in September and, uh, and announced a great lineup so far. Uh, Daniel McCarvey making his UK debut against Michael May, and they've also announced Aussie Open and David Starr are going to be appearing on this show. Uh, really built a lot of interest in the show, you know, a really unique setting for a show with a potentially cracking match between McCarvey and Mayer, Jamesy
2: yeah um but a strange old promotion they're um they, like it's as far as I know they don't have VOd so it's hard to get a feel from the outside as to what the shows are like and that kind of thing um their their mission statement is to, promote the next generation of talent and to book younger wrestlers and that kind of thing. And I mean, that's, you know, that's laudable. And that's something that, you know, we should all be supporting, especially at the moment in a British scene that's kind of had the top layer of talent skimmed away completely. Uh, younger wrestlers need places to work. They need, um, a platform. And it seems like Reed are providing that. Um, they've, they've particularly latched onto the Irish wrestling scene. Um, you know, more than hype have been on pretty much every show they've ran as far as I know. They've had Scotty Davis over. I think he, he's in a title match actually on the Star Cave show. Um and they're giving um Michael May this match with Maccabay as well, you know. So um from an Irish point of view, it's great to see somebody giving the Irish guys a chance in the UK. Um I, I, I question the actual financial value of flying these guys over so much mm-hmm. you know there's some Irish wrestlers they bring over that wouldn't be the first ones you think of flying all the way over to Ireland or all the way over to England but um, you know as I said I hope they take this show because it's it's a real interesting one you know and I think anybody who follows me on Twitter will know that I am constantly beating the Daniel McAbee drum because um, he's just a wrestler I, I have just a huge amount of time for um, he's He's a guy that came across my radar a few years ago where a, f- a friend of ours had spotted that he had a match with Timothy Thatcher in his home promotion in Vancouver. Um, and I watched that and it was excellent. And I started following any matches of his I could find online. And he's he's just he's a bit like Gresham a few years ago where, you know, you see how good he is and you see the level of opponent he's wrestling on a regular basis. And there, he's getting really good matches out of very, very limited wrestlers. And you just love to see him breaking out and getting the chance to wrestle better people and it's kind of been happening for him this year he had a brilliant match with Gresham there um, I think last month he's you know I think this is his UK debut so again credit to Breed for kind of having their finger on the pulse and maybe it's just my tweets they've been reading for the last few years I'm not sure um, mm-hmm. and like a real interesting match and, and a good stylistic matchup I think him and Michael May will be a really really good technical match that will be right up my street and I think on the day before the Star Cape show they have a smaller show as well where Maccabay is wrestling Chris Ridgeway, who again you know that'll be a good technical match so like you know they they have my support purely for you know giving a guy a chance from a a different part of the world and going to the expense of bringing him over and giving him a platform so from that point of view it's great to see and like I really hope that it seems that there's a lot of interest in it online and it seems like it's going to do well ticket wise so it's great yeah I mean good luck to them again you know
0: and uh, finally, Progress have been making a few announcements the past couple of weeks. They've announced Jordan Devlin against Ilya Dragunov for their show in Newcastle, and also Morden Height will be making their debut for just promotion at the same show. Um, some uh, pretty decent announcements uh, from Progress here, Benno, for their shows in the North.
1: Yeah, definitely. Um, the, the, I think Progress have kind of, uh, I don't know, they, they this year hasn't really been a year where we've all been talking a lot about progress uh, and talking about you know how much we're looking forward to progress shows, but I am looking forward to that Manchester show. Uh, um, get Jonathan Gresham and Eddie Kingston. Yeah, that's a that's a that's a random match if ever there was really? one. It's not a very progress on the match, uh, at least based on their current roster, so maybe that explains why I'm, I'm so excited to, to see that one, a bit, bit out of left field for them to announce, uh, obviously they've lost uh, Travis Banks from those cards uh, which is a bit of a shame uh, but all in all, yet yeah, the, the, you know, the announcers are coming slow and steady and are, are pretty exciting uh, I think the the Natural Progression Series announcements are, are even more interesting than that, I think the fact that again, Natural Progression Series is a uh, it's produced some names as far as progress go, but what they've actually announced for that this year and what they what they they're trying to do, you know, they, it would be very progress. Michael Oku's in there to uh, to get behind him now that Rev Pro have got him over. Um, <laughs> but I think that's really interesting. You know, Vite Muller being in there is an indication of that W X W relationship. Scotty Davis is in there and he should have been in progress already. Um, so I'm glad that that's happening. Dan Maloney's in there, which is a bit of an odd one, Do you know, is he, does he really belong in a natural progression series? He, you know, he's, he's been around a long time and progress have, uh, have never really used him to, uh, it doesn't really, you know, other than the, I think that odd Atlas title match where we're there with Trent Seven in Manchester is his one and only progress appearance. Uh,
0: he was on NXT for quite a while as well, wasn't he? Allegedly, yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, he apparently had a contract, him and, him and Roy Johnson, were the mystery men in, in NXT UK. Uh, so yeah, that's, that's a bit odd, but yeah, some Certainly, certainly some interesting announcements there. Seeing them trying to get behind, you know, Gene Money and uh, Car Noir, are names that I wouldn't have expected to see in progress, but could certainly uh, add a little bit of a depth to their undercards.
0: Yeah, definitely, and um, they really need to be doing it because obviously, you know, we spent most of the shows talking about progress and how there's not much depth to their cards. So yeah, definitely, uh, interesting to see what they do with it. A lot of these uh, up-and-coming guys. And, uh, I mean, before we head out of here, uh, I mean, James, you already mentioned, uh, but Benno, uh, what have you had going on on the Grapple Spotlight podcast recently?
1: Yeah, uh, up, up there, you can, there's an interview JP did with uh, rip Tide promoter Josh Bevan. going uh, yeah, the great going interview,
0: to... by the way. I really mm-hmm. enjoyed that one, really, really did. Um, I thought it was uh, really interesting. He's very open and honest about uh, what things he thinks works in, in wrestling and, and what don't.
1: Mm. Yeah, I loved it when we, t- when we were talking about uh, commentating and why they don't use commentators, and he was just very politely kind of saying, yeah, there aren't any good commentators out there, which is a, <laughs> which is a running theme of <laughs> of my analysis of most BritRash shows, so I was glad to hear him do that. But yeah, similar to Breed, Riptide have really set a stall out as something different, so great interview people should check out on the uh, the Grapple Spotlight feed, but yeah, other than that, we've been uh, chatting AEW, uh, the latest with New Japan, we did the review of Dominion last week, uh, but yeah, you can check all that out uh, grapple.podbean.com and check out me jp and joe talking the world of wrestling uh, as well as brit res
0: and uh jamesy any any plugs this week any articles upcoming in fighting spirit magazine or anything
2: yeah just in the current issue i have a review of the latest or the not the latest but the, the wxw show from last month um true colors and just my twitter at jamesy underscore 2015 but yeah that's about it really
0: Excellent, and uh, be sure to head over to the forum.postwrestling.com, and I'll be pulling double duty this week. I'm going to guest on WH Park's new series, Cruel Summer, looking back at the G1 Finals. Uh, I think my episode airs this Saturday as myself and WH looking back at the 1995 G1 Finals and a cracking match between uh, K. G. Muto and uh, Shinya Hashimoto, so be sure to check that one out. And also... I think friend of the snow, Strigger, is on on Sunday's show talking about the 96 final, So I'm sure that'll be some great stuff as well. And uh, yeah, we'll be back on the 26th of June talking all the latest from the European wrestling scene.